Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the lovely Selene Douglas, who is a holistic nutritionist that specializes working one-on-one with women in things like hormone health, metabolic health, and gut health. So some really cool topics there. And Selene has built herself a thriving practice in the past 12 months. And it's really incredible to hear about what she's achieved and what she will continue to achieve. And I can't wait to dive deeper into each of those areas with her today. So thank you so much for joining me, Selene. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. It's so it's an honor to be on here. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's an honor to have you. So let's get started by talking a little bit about what got you interested in this health and nutrition space. Sure. Well, I think like so many of us, we get into the nutrition and health space because of our own health struggles. So I know many of us share that same story. So if we go, I guess, back to my childhood, I think I did have a very uh, wholesome Uh, experience through childhood when it comes to food. My mom was really into the way food impacted the body and she was fermenting all of her own sourdough bread. She was Mm -hmm. growing her own fruits and vegetables. And she, you know, if we were getting milk, she was going directly to the farmer and uh, getting the unhomogenized, unpasteurized dairy and all that kind of stuff. So I think I had that basis, uh, which at the time had no idea that that would lead to anything. But when I reflect on that now, I understand why I love food so much and why I'm so into nutrition. Mm. Um, But then in my teenage years, like many of us, uh, my wheels fell off a bit, I think, health-wise. So I had a lot more autonomy in, you know, what I was doing, what I was eating. uh, And I also started taking the oral contraceptive pill, when I was around 16 and I think that sort of combination of different things led to a bit of a health decline. So I was getting repeat tonsillitis, didn't have the best mental health and just, um, yeah, had no, had just really disconnected, I guess, from my body and my hormones and all that kind of thing. And um, post-school, I went overseas for two years. I came back, I was off the pill at that time and then I actually moved to Sydney And funnily enough, I did something completely different. So I actually went and studied interior architecture. So I did (laughs) a year of that at UNSW and uh, still had no idea I wanted to do nutrition. But I thought, gosh, like there's really something going on here. I haven't had um, a cycle in two years. I just really need to get to the bottom of what's going on. And uh, so I decided interior architecture wasn't for me. I got a job in real estate. Um, because I wanted to build some extra skills until I guess I, you know, air quotes, figured out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, And I, in that time, went to a GP, a women's health GP, and said, you know, explained what was going on. I wanted some answers. So she ran some basic bloods and I went back to her and she said, everything's great. The best thing for you to do is just go back on the pill. And (laughs) 
I know. I thought, oh, I know I'm not a doctor, but I just don't think this passed the sniff test. And yeah. at the time, I actually had a new tenant uh, in my work who was a naturopath. And being me, I brought up my health struggles in like five minutes of beating her. And she was great. She said, look, come and see me, bring your test results. Um, I'll be able to give you some information around that. So I did. I went and saw her and she helped me change my diet. She sent me to acupuncture. She gave me herbs. So we worked on a whole bunch of different things. Uh, and she definitely had that holistic approach because she was also telling me that, you know, I wasn't, uh, I had, there was nothing in my life that I was really into, really passionate about. And I needed to also start exploring some different options in that. So even though she was working on my hormones, she could kind of have that bigger picture of what was going on for me as a person sitting in front of her and that kind of 360 degree view of my life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just honestly thought she was a wizard uh, <laughs> and she was amazing. And so I, um, over that six months, did a whole bunch of changes. I did get my cycle back. And then I think that process was just so mind blowing for me that she just had this amazing positive impact on my life. And I was like, wow, like this is, I'm so interested in this. This is what I want to go and do. And then I left my job and um, moved from Sydney back up uh, to Northern New South Wales mm -hmm. and enrolled, actually enrolled initially at Endeavour and then decided to go to Griffith and did a degree in nutrition and dietetics. Yeah. And yeah, that's sort of how I got started in it. And I kind of always knew that I wanted, I was more aligned with that natural health holistic kind of um, side of things, particularly my upbringing. And then also that experience that I'd had with the naturopath, just, I knew that's where I would always end up. Yeah. So incredible. Yeah. And you're so right. It does often start from like our own health struggles, but it's really cool that evolution and that your naturopath was able to help you in such a way and really inspire you to find your passion too. I love that it really was that holistic picture. Um, which makes so much sense that you've gone down the route and become a holistic nutritionist too. And I'm sure you help <laughs> other people with very similar things now as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so important to be able to obviously address the person's main concerns, but then we know that everything's connected and, yeah. uh, and you need to have that bigger picture to go, well, oh, I think this might be something you need to look at and I might not be the right person to help them with that issue but have the ability to pick those things up and refer on so I think that's really important and then that also allows us to all support each other as well as practitioners that we can refer to you know an acupuncturist or a kinesiologist or all that kind of thing definitely yeah absolutely so when you went and you did your degree did you sort of know where you wanted to take it uh, I don't think I knew 100%. I mean, I knew that I would always want to work for myself. Yep. But I thought that that, A, definitely wouldn't happen after uni. I thought that I would have to get uh, a lot of experience shadowing someone straight out of uni. Uh, and I also wasn't sure 100% that I was going to, you know, only work with women. I kind of thought that I would dabble in a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I think that didn't actually come until I started consulting with people one-on-one -on -one and then you realise that the people that you're able to help the most are the people that you uh, connect with the most in terms of um, where they're at, their personality. Um, and if you can get, I think, that communication piece right, you can help those people the most. So I think that's why I've kind of and how I've uh, started working specifically with women and, and hormones and that kind of thing. 
Yeah, incredible. And so tell us a little bit of the evolution of going from graduating to ending up in your own business. Yes. So sure. I started actually straight out of uni with ATP science, doing um, a bit of customer service mainly for them. And the idea was that I would shadow their practitioners uh, and that would then develop into a similar kind of role for me. So I actually had gone for a job with them while I was at uni and uh, I didn't get the job because they ended up wanting someone who could work full time. Yeah. Uh, And I kind of kept in contact with uh, the manager of that uh, sector of the business throughout my degree. And then when that position came up, I didn't apply for it. I just got offered it. So that was uh, just goes to show like you maintain those relationships and you never know what will come out of it. So I didn't Mm -hmm. apply for that job out of uni. It was um, offered to me, which was amazing not to have to go through that stress of uh, applying for something and yeah. at a similar time frame I also when I finished uni started doing a mentorship with Steph Lowe from The Natural Nutritionist Yeah, and I was sort of doing the two um, side by side and I did pick up a couple of my own clients one-on-one that I was seeing outside of work hours so I was working full-time and then had maybe you know three to five clients a week that I would see after work or on Saturdays Um, and I still thought, you know, oh, it would be awesome to get one of those roles um, as a practitioner with ATP eventually. But then over that sort of few months, something really interesting happened, and in, I guess, a little bit of shadowing their um, practitioners but also just hearing their kind of conversations, I realised that they had to work with all kinds of different clients and all kinds of different conditions and Uh, I knew that that's not really what I wanted. I wanted that autonomy to be able to go, no, I only want to work with these kinds of people and work on these kinds of conditions. And um, so, yeah, I sort of had that realisation. And then I thought, well, you know, if there's not that career progression for me, do I really want to stay here long term? Mm -hmm. And yeah, this sort of all happened in around a six-month kind of period. And then when I finished up mentoring with Steph Lowe, uh, I was part of her uh, mentoring Facebook group and she posted in that group that she had a small part-time position uh, available to help her with her client notes and uh, her podcast and all that kind of thing. And I was like, amazing, that would be such a good experience. So I applied for that and then I got that. And so I was working full-time, working around 10 hours a week for Steph and then also seeing my own clients (laughs) in my own time. And (laughs) it was crazy. It was definitely probably a couple of months away from burnout, um, which, you know, we all know better than that. But I think also when you're a new graduate, you just kind of want to say yes to all the opportunities. And I definitely don't regret doing that because uh, it's been amazing working for Steph and getting that experience through her. Um, And then, yeah, I'd been seeing my own clients for around uh, three months now. So I'd probably been at ATP around uh, seven or eight months and I was getting all of these amazing word of mouth referrals. So it really started growing quickly. And I remember saying to my partner, like, oh, my God, I need to make a decision here because, you know, I am going to end up having people waiting a really long time because I just can't take on any more people than that or I'm going to go insane and um yeah (laughs) I kind of just yeah definitely I just um 
bit the bullet and um, decided to, I guess, take the leap and build from there. And I definitely, I had so much self-doubt when I initially made that decision because it was sort of at the end of um, the lockdown. So it was around September, August time last year when I completely left and everyone around me was saying, you know, I'm just so grateful to have a full-time job right now blah, blah, blah. And I just (laughs) was filled with that. Oh my God, who am I to be doing this and leaving my full-time job um, when I should be so grateful to have it. And all of this kind of stuff was swirling around in my head, but I kind of just, um, yeah, I just pushed through that and did it. And it was amazing because in that first few weeks of leaving, uh, then my client load pretty much doubled and it's been consistently growing ever since then so it just goes to show I think when you free up that time and energy to put into the result that you're trying to create like you just can't uh, fathom sometimes the results that you'll get from that yeah absolutely that's incredible I bet now you're looking back so glad that you did make that plunge yeah definitely I, I still sometimes think oh it was pretty crazy that I did that but then um then I think sometimes you just know when the when the time is right and that it's yeah. might seem like an irrational decision from the outside, but maybe it's not to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when that self-doubt does come up, it's kind of a sign that you're onto something. It's almost like if you can push through that, something awesome yes. is about to come. But it's like the hard thing is actually pushing through it and not being like, oh, no, I'm comfortable here. I've got that job. I'll just stay here and everything will work out. But like you took that risk and you trusted yourself and you did push through that self-doubt, which of course self-doubt is always irrational. Like mm. <laughs> we can put anything, we can do anything we put our minds to ultimately. Um, so yeah, that's really something to be congratulated on. It's really incredible that you did take the leap. And yeah, I'm so glad that it is paying off and now you get to teach us all about the amazing things you're doing. <laughs> yes, I think I've heard someone probably say this before on the show, but you just have to back yourself sometimes right yes and 100 yeah sometimes you've just got to you've just got to do it even if it does seem crazy to other people yeah definitely awesome um so that sounds like a really cool role like entry role from atp and so cool that you were doing it alongside the mentorship with steph i'd love to hear a little bit more about what that involves was that like a group program or one-on-one Yep. Yeah. So it was um, one-on-one. There was a group element to it. So we had a Facebook group with other people that were in it. And uh, each month, Steph would do a webinar for us in that on various topics. So she had kind of mapped it out over the six months, what each topic would be on based on uh, what our sort of goals were and areas of interest were and also in that group we were able to post questions and also post any case studies so if we were working with a client and we had say a microbiome test back or something like that we were able to post it in the group obviously anonymously and say you know this is what I think the next steps are what do you think and we would get feedback from both our peers and also from Steph so that was the group kind of part to it and that was really good because when you're in that initial stage, obviously everything is new and you, you do have self-doubt and it is also important. I think you have that responsibility to get supervision if you're yeah. on your own. You know, it's not really a typical kind of um, scenario to be doing that. Most people would go and work in a clinic. And so I think 
uh, you have a responsibility really to make sure that you're proactively getting that supervision. And so then the one-on-one side of things was more individualized to you. So uh, you would meet with her. It's changed now. I think she's doing it a bit differently now, but we were seeing each other once a month for 50 minutes and we would uh, meet via Zoom and then just go through uh, any questions that I had or she would say, you know, I think considering where you're at, this is the next step for you, blah, blah, blah. And she was really great in helping me uh, identify like what things would save me time and what things I needed to create and uh, all that kind of thing. So I, yeah, I cannot recommend that enough, Mm -hmm. just getting mentoring and getting help from the right people. And the right people I think is really key because I, um, when I was at uni, which I think also is probably a strange thing now that I did this, but when I was at uni, I would go and make an appointments with different practitioners because I know that there's so many different ways to do things and practitioners all work really differently and communicate differently and have different styles that they do and, and different testing. And so I thought, wow, there's so many different ways that people are doing this I kind of want to see where what I like what I don't like where I see myself maybe uh, going in the future so I used to actually make appointments I did have a few things that I wanted to work on but I would make appointments with various practitioners just to get a feel for how they worked and what they were doing and when I did that I um had an appointment with Ellie actually who was um one of Steph's practitioners and I was just obsessed with all things natural nutritionists like I loved the podcast I loved Steph I loved Ellie and um, then that I think is what uh, made me decide to do that mentoring with Steph after because I kind of followed that business throughout um, most of my uh, uni uh, path and that when as soon as I saw that mentoring pop up I just thought like that's a no-brainer for me of course I'm going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds incredible. That is so cool. And I love that you went and saw different practitioners. I think that is so cool that you like, you were doing the research, you were committed. Yeah, yeah. I sort of wanted to get a feel for, yeah, what everyone was doing out there and what, um, what I liked, what I didn't like, what I would do differently, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And isn't it cool that from that mentorship, you learned about the position that you're now in with Steph at Mm. the Natural Nutritionist, and I'm sure you're learning even more through that whole process of working with her. Yes, definitely. It's a great uh, insight into the back end of how things work. And it's definitely helped me uh, consulting wise in terms of Uh, I guess seeing what is working and also how things are structured around client load and and uh, how you space your appointments out even just you know with through mentoring we went deeper into structuring an appointment and how she does it and all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah I just can't recommend enough getting getting the right people on your team I guess to help you in whatever path you want to go down. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That's so true. Awesome. So now you're doing a balance of your time helping with Steph Lowe's stuff at The Natural Nutritionist and your own private practice? Yep. So I am doing about, I would say, eight to 10 hours, probably more like 10 a week for Steph at the moment. And then the rest of the time is spent um, in my own business. And yeah. obviously there'll come a time I think when I probably have to just only work in my own business but it's just been such a great experience for me I think I'll be reluctant to let that go (laughs) yeah understandable (laughs) 
Yeah, brilliant. And so when you've been growing your client load, you mentioned as you made that space and you left ATP, more people started that word of mouth marketing mm-hmm. and referral marketing. It sort of continued to grow. Um, how did you take that on? And yeah, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing your business and finding those clients and working with clients and how you've evolved over the process as your business has grown. Yeah, so I uh, word of mouth has been my biggest source of how I've gotten new clients. Yeah. So I didn't think that. Oh, I yeah. I guess I didn't think that that would be the case because we see what's going on on Instagram and marketing and blah blah blah. And I just thought, God, I'm so um, behind the pack when it comes to all that kind of thing, and it's just a whole nother sector that I need to wrap my head around which I still am now but I had underestimated I think the power of word of mouth referrals and the beauty of that is you know and I know myself if someone recommends to me go and see this acupuncturist or this hairdresser or whatever it is they're amazing I will go and do that yeah, um, (laughs) because you can see the results that someone else gets and you go wow I want that too and that's definitely not to be underestimated. I think that we do rely a little bit too heavily on um, on Instagram and, and Facebook and that kind of thing. Whilst they're wonderful tools, I don't think they're your only option. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, word of mouth was definitely huge for me. And then just making sure that I took really good care of the clients that I did have. Mm-hmm. So something that I did last year was I sent out thank you notes to all of my clients, a handwritten note with a pan of chocolates to say that I was so grateful that they had shared their health journey with me. And I gave them a discount code to also share with a friend. So I gave one for them and one for the friend. And that was amazing. I had just, I think so many people were just so, um, so happy to receive something like that. That's physical because obviously I have an Mm. online business and uh, it's one thing to send someone a discount or a referral code, but to actually get something physical in the mail and tangible was, uh, I think, really special for people. Yeah. So, absolutely. yeah, I think it's important to remember that there's you do have those kinds of options that might seem a little bit more old school and maybe a little bit more costly for you, but uh, they are such uh, a valuable thing to use because they do um, delight people, I guess, in getting that. And yep. um, helps people remember you, I think, as well, that if you're doing something that maybe another practitioner isn't doing, you've kind of got that that little spark. And then um, also client notes. So I do send out um, quite comprehensive notes after a consultation, which is certainly time consuming and something that I will want to delegate in the next couple of months to somebody else. But that I think is also really just all part of the service that you're offering someone. And uh, that's something that coming back to how, when I was at uni, I used to test out different people. That was one of the things in my overall experience of being a client at the natural nutritionist that made them really stand out versus some of the other practitioners that I had seen. So I think, you know, it's a combination of, you've got you know your consulting skills um as sort of one subset of what you need to be good at but then you've really also got to have that overall customer experience so while they're a client and you're helping them with their health ultimately they're still a customer and you need to 
um, understand what their experience of your business is like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a really nice touch. I think all of those things you mentioned, it really is a great way to differentiate yourself. Well, I think it just makes um, makes the person feel special, I guess. Yeah. And like you really care. And ultimately we do really care, right, as practitioners. Like that's why yeah. we got into this in the first place. And yeah. it's just important that you're, I think, conveying that uh, throughout their whole experience with your your business and finding ways to communicate that to them. Yeah, definitely. Something I saw that you do, which I thought was really cool, is the way you offer packages in like six months or three months, or they can book a one-on-one appointment, but there was different things they got out of that. Tell us a little bit about the reasoning behind why you did that, Um, because I think it's such a great way to really work closely with someone and build that relationship and make sure they're getting the results over that time. And it's also great from a business perspective because you're getting that um, returning customer. So what's your experience yeah, being with that? Yeah, definitely. So I, it's actually interesting that you say that because only recently I've decided to I've actually pulled just one-off appointments altogether and yep. they're available for all the current clients that I do have that uh, have been with me for, you know, six or seven months now um, yep. that they still have that as an option. But at the moment I'm just doing three or six month um, packages. A, I think, you know, yeah. I did the sort of, run the run the math on that and people don't end up paying anything different in the long term it all ends up really the same for them but the benefit I guess is that I think when people commit to you properly that they're invested in it and they're also invested in getting really good results and I I want that for people I want them to have those amazing health transformations which we know are possible but sometimes it's not easy and they kind of need to um, be invested in that. And I think when you just have those one-off appointments, you're a lot more likely to, you know, oh, if I haven't, oh, I didn't do all of the things that she said. So I'm just going to reschedule that appointment and do it later or, you know, those sorts of things, which a for their long-term health is not beneficial. And, um, and you want those good results as a business also to be able to um, to showcase that and, and have people getting these really amazing transformations, which you know that they're capable of, but you just yeah. need that two-way commitment, I think. And the other thing that um, helped me decide that that was the best option as well is that ultimately questions come up in between appointments some people, of course, ask more questions than others, more detailed questions, want more support and that kind of thing. But I found that, you know, if you're offering that as part of the service, that they're actually able to check in, ask questions, send you photos of this product or whatever it is that they're thinking about in between appointments, then you've accounted for that in, you know, your pricing and what you're offering. And then you don't feel like you're doing things, um, you know, for free, or you don't feel like you are spending an hour responding to all these questions in your inbox for nothing. It's kind of accounted for, and it's part of the service that you're offering. So that was kind of my, um, my reasoning behind that was uh, sort of a win-win for both parties. And yeah, and yeah, it doesn't change anything for people over the long term. And I think it helps to build that, um, that client practitioner relationship as well. 
Definitely. I think it's such a brilliant idea and you're really onto something there. It's really cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about what a typical day or typical week looks like, which I know can be hard. It changes all the time, <laughs> but I will continue yes. to ask this question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it does. Um, I love hearing people's responses to this question. So definitely keep asking it, but it, it does change. Of course, yeah. I, have more of a week schedule rather than a daily schedule. So yeah. uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays are my main consulting days. So Tuesdays I'm seeing people uh, 11 to 7, which is my main sort of um, big day. Yeah. And then Wednesday I see people uh, 2 to 7 and then Thursday is 9.30 to 3.30. So more of that kind of standard day um, time and then the evening appointments are great for people that uh, are at work or can't make it during the week. Yeah. And then Mondays are for any content that does need to go out. So whether it's blogs, emails, social media, I am trying to get better this year at batching things together. So um, I'm working on it, but I do tend to do you know, one day where I'll write all my blogs for the month in the morning or I'll do all the emails I'm going to send and just have them all scheduled and ready to go. Yep. Social media, I find a little bit harder to do that because I find that I get a uh, dry of creativity yeah. <laughs> and I get a bit over it. I have a shorter attention span for that kind of thing. So I find it easier with the other two more long form things. Um, but yeah, I'm working on that. And then the afternoons on Mondays are just preparing for my appointments. So making sure that any intake forms are done, um, that tests that I've gotten are uploaded and in the file that any appointments are planned for, like if we're going through anything more complex and I need to have, um, need to have a protocol uh, formulated or ready for them or whatever it is, that that's all accounted for. And I guess my week's kind of all planned out. And then Fridays, so I mentioned, uh, or I don't know if I mentioned this actually, but I am also doing another mentoring program at the moment uh, with a lady called Angela Henderson and her, um, she's a business consultant. So she works one-on-one -on -one with mainly women in small business and um, I'm doing her group coaching at the moment, but I also get some one-on-one -on -one time with her. So Fridays are pretty much mostly allocated to doing whatever I'm working on at the moment with her uh, and actioning that. So I've kind of labelled it my my day to work on my business and not in my business, yes. which we know is hard to find time for sometimes. That's so <laughs> important. And that's amazing that you have allocated that day and you are doing the continued learning and continued growth and working with the mentors. It's really game changing. It really is. I think it's, she says, and I, I'm quite sure it's her that says this that she used to always try and be the dumbest person in the room meaning yeah. that if she's surrounding herself with people that are smarter and further along than her then she's ultimately going to move a lot uh, quicker because she's going to be learning more than anyone else in there mm. and I think it's such a um, great way to look at things yeah. and we can just learn so much from people that are that little bit further ahead than us yeah <laughs> hundred percent. And what does her mentoring look like? Is it similar to what Steps was in terms of a six month kind of thing, or is this um, a little bit different? It's a little bit different. So it's 12 months um, that I've signed up for. Uh, and so at the end of last year, I knew that I was going to get a business 
coach or consultant of some sort. I just didn't know who yet. And I am, I take time to make decisions. So I was listening to all these people's podcasts and kind of deciding what they were like and if I liked them and all that kind of thing. And um, it was actually through someone else that I heard her and I thought, oh my gosh, she's just, she's very blunt and says it how it is and there's no fluff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, great, that is exactly what I need. And and I liked the one thing that she said that I think was the hook line for me was she said, whilst I'm a business coach, I am more so 90% advice and 10% coaching. And Mm -hmm. I really liked that because I thought I don't really need a coach. Like I'm quite determined and, uh, and, and um, able to get things done I just need advice and someone to just say this is what you need to do so yeah, yeah hers is 12 months and it's structured a little bit differently um, in that you've got an online portal and she has her program is called is called profit pillars so mm-hmm. she's got these pillars that she thinks all uh, businesses need to have particularly small businesses and they're often are uh, overlooked and so we come to her wanting either you know more sales marketing help or whatever it is and she said like that's what you think the problem is but in reality it's actually all these other things and if you know your business is made of straw you might be getting um you might be making a profit but there's not much longevity in that if you don't have the foundations built correctly so she's uh constructed this framework with which she works which is called profit pillars so uh, you log into your online portal and then you've got uh, different sections to work within yeah. of those profit pillars and you've got 12-month access to that. You've also got um, she has different experts in things like messaging, uh, SEO, Google Analytics, all that kind of stuff where they do uh, monthly calls. So she's got all of their uh I guess, webinar kind of things uploaded in there, which you can access depending on what uh, section you're working on at the time. And then she's got uh, monthly group coaching calls, which are, you know, you've got around 20 minutes per call to bring whatever you're working on. So if you're working on Facebook ads and you need help with your copy or whatever it is, you go there and she brings... (laughs) She brings your, you know, your messaging up on the screen and she talks through it all. So you kind of get to learn from everyone as well, which is also mm. really interesting. Wow. And then you get a bit of one-on-one time with her as well. So it's, yeah, quite different, but um, I'm really enjoying that so far. And I, I really like her. She's very, um, she's very much no BS, no fluff, just says it how it is. Yeah, that's awesome. It's good for getting straight to the point and helping you get to that next level without softening it too much, I suppose. It can be really good yeah. to give you that nudge. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and she's good at seeing things how they are, which is great. <laughs> yeah, amazing. That sounds really cool. And so what would you say are some of the key skills that you've needed to grow your business into what it is today? I think nutrition wise if you'd asked me this when I was at uni I would have said uh, my clinical skills are the most important and whilst they are I think before that you need to be good at communicating with people and connecting with people on that really genuine level because mm-hmm. I think that helps them to get the best outcomes yeah uh, and then that's sort of the nutritionist side of things but then I think which I've only realized also probably in the last 12 months that there's also the business owner side of things, which is kind of almost, you know, they're really two separate things. And I think for that aspect, uh, you need to have really good self-awareness and self-regulation and also 
be have that forward thinking kind of mentality as well I think that's really important um, a really important aspect of it so I think yeah there's almost two lots of skills that you need for the kind of work that I'm doing at the moment yeah absolutely and how have you cultivated some of those like things like forward thinking and the business side of things I suppose a lot of that would come through your further learning that you've done since uni yeah I think further learning and to be honest I am still learning these things you know I look at where I'm at now and I think god I was so naive 12 months ago and I know that in 12 months time I'll think the exact same thing so you know it's a constant yeah that's the point we're all meant to keep learning and growing (laughs) yeah yeah and I guess if you're not having those reflections and thinking I was so naive there's probably something wrong there right but um, (laughs) true (laughs) yeah it is a constant constant work in progress but yeah mentoring definitely and then I think just having uh a lot of that self-inquiry and I think with the business side of things it's probably the biggest personal growth kind of journey that you go on because it basically very quickly grabs all your insecurities, all your negative stories, all the things that you've tucked away somewhere deep in your brain and shoves them in your face. And so I think you very quickly go, oh God, I need to get really good at um, identifying this and just getting through it really quickly. So um, yeah, it is a work in progress. I think uh, reading some books have really helped me and also getting mentors and and learning that way is really really important yeah amazing and speaking of books if you could recommend one book for every listener to read what would it be and why yes uh so I've been reading this one recently that I love um and it's called the power of your subconscious mind by Mm -hmm. Joseph Murray so I love that book I think if you haven't read it then it's a really important book and I think one that I'll continue to go back to because you know there's where every time we reread a book we always get see a different uh little nugget of wisdom in there but that's really great and short and uh easy to read so it's actually uh, written in the 50s but um you can't tell so that book is amazing and then one that I read or listened to last year that I loved was called Chillpreneur by Denise Duffield Thomas. Yeah, I read and that last have you, year as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it is so good. And I think if you're in your first year of business or even first couple of years, you need to read that because it would just yeah. put a whole new perspective on things. And uh, it's so easy to fill up on that hustle kind of mentality. And it was a really good um, reality check for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It was such a book, good book. And I do love how we're reframing the hustle and working smarter, not harder, and like building businesses that suit our lifestyle rather than businesses that take over our life. Like, I think it's really yeah. important to be switching to that and like getting out of the whole productivity trap and needing to be a busy trap and just being like, no, you can actually achieve incredible things without burning yourself to the ground. And we know how detrimental that can be to our health, like as natural health professionals. <laughs> So I think it's really in alignment with our industry. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all know it, but then, you know, of course, we don't necessarily always do that if we have these really big (laughs) goals that we're trying to get to. But yeah, yeah, that was a really important perspective shift for me, I think, was realising that 
I can still achieve these things. I don't necessarily have to be doing all of these different million things because when you think about it, you might have there's, you know, 20 things on your to-do list for a day or whatever it is, but there's probably only two really important things that you actually need to do. And that was really important for me because I think uh, like many of us that are those kind of A-type people that want to achieve, 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 do, 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 we kind of wear that, I guess it's the badge of honour of being busy, right, is having all of these. That doesn't actually mean you're being productive and moving the needle forward it just means that you're filling up all of this blank space in your calendar yeah so true yeah it's really about like reconditioning ourselves isn't it and being like no it doesn't have to be that way there is a better way (laughs) yes yeah and I think it takes time but it's a work in progress (laughs) absolutely so earlier you mentioned that looking back 12 months and thinking how naive you were at that time if you could go back to when you graduated from uni what would your future say, your future self say to your past self? Oh, that's such a big question. I think <laughs> um, that hustle is definitely not the answer. That you know, it's okay to say no to certain things and to not um, to not do everything. And then the other thing that my, I guess past self would say or my future self sorry would say to me now is that um I guess you know to back yourself and to listen to that you know whether you want to call it intuition or whatever it is that you know I guess knowing that you have inside of you because um you know people will tell you throughout your degree that you can't do this and you'll never make any money from x and blah 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 and that's just their framework that they're viewing things through that has nothing to do with you so I think um yeah back yourself would probably be it yeah brilliant advice I love it um we've talked a little bit about mindset and subconscious like you mentioned the book was about Mm -hmm. subconscious beliefs and things what do you think when it comes to the mindset side of things has there been any shift that you've noticed that you think is necessary for success in this industry or that you would recommend people working on Um, I think the biggest mindset shift I've probably had, um, is that as I guess a business owner and also a lot of us now do have kind of a personal brand right within our business is that we are the most important thing in our business and that it's really important that you, take care of yourself and part of that is knowing that uh, it's important that you invest in yourself as well so invest in the mentors Um, it's important that you get really comfortable with understanding who you are Mm -hmm. and unpacking you know things that those cobwebs that I talked about that are in the closet that you know there's limiting beliefs and those um sort of negative mindsets that you'll ultimately get into, which, you know, they're inevitable, but it's just about how you move through that. And I think, yeah, the biggest mindset shift for me has probably just been that bigger picture of self-care and understanding that I am the most important thing in my business because the reality is in my business anyway, I wouldn't have a business if I wasn't here. Like I am the central to it and 
how I take care of myself will ultimately reflect in my conversations with my clients, like the energy that I'm bringing to that, the level of, you know, if, if I'm seeing myself as that, then I'm investing in the right PD and all that kind of stuff. So ultimately they get better results. And I think when you can view it from that aspect, that's probably the most important thing that you need to wrap your head around, which is hard. (laughs) Yeah, it can be. But as you said, it is so, so important, integral to the business and to your own health and how you show up for people. So it's very true. Are there any things that you do to look after yourself? Uh, Yes, I would say, I mean, there's a few different things. I've just started getting kinesiology recently, which I love. I had never had that done before. Um, other than that occasional acupuncture, I do go to the chiropractor, um, twice a month as well. So I've been going to the same one for around two years now. Um, Mm. and then of course, nutrition wise, that's kind of, I mean, that's just part of my life now. I don't really see that as an extra thing that I'm necessarily going out of my way to do because it's just so second nature. Um, but yeah, I'd say they're the main things and then, you know, exercise and all of that kind of thing for my mental health and mindset and all that kind of thing yeah brilliant also helpful awesome well this has been such an incredible conversation and it's been yeah really insightful seeing into your world and how you've grown to the person you are today and I yeah I look forward to seeing how your business continues to grow going forward but before we fully wrap up are there any parting words of advice or wisdom for the listeners um my main thing is just get mentors and invest in yourself. I think if you're wanting to start your own business or even just, I guess, progress in the current role that you're in, the fastest way to get there efficiently and not tear your hair out is honestly just to invest in getting the right people around you that are going to support you, build your confidence and ultimately give you um, the roadmap to get there quickly right um and even if you can't afford that right now you know there's great podcasts and that kind of thing I mean I listened to um people's podcasts for months before I decided that they were the person for me so uh yeah there's a lot of different options out there for you yeah a hundred percent what a nice way to leave it too and last but definitely not least where can everyone find you and follow along with the amazing things you're doing So my online website is selendouglas.com and then you can, of course, find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active and that's selendouglas underscore nutrition. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Selen. As I said, it's been incredible and I'm sure everyone has learned so much from you. So thank you for being here and sharing all of your incredible advice and experience. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.